Now, hopefully, uh, this gentleman has him. But, Frank, you probably didn't notice, but I'm not wearing my uh, doctor smock today. I'm wearing, in honor of our guest today, an NFL jersey because we have us with us today. Evan- hold, hold, wait one second. Wearing a Browns jersey. It's not really an NFL jersey. Well, it's I mean, more of a minor I mean, league jersey. I mean, it's, it's, kind, it's really not that. It's the minimum. It's kind of like Bowling Green. <laughs> it's kind of like Youngstown State. It's one of those things. It's the right? closest I had to an NFL jersey in my closet was a Browns jersey. I did the best I could. We have us with us a guest that I'm very, very excited about, and it's perfectly timed. I am to, too, Ron. It's, his name is Topo, Evan not Britton. so much. Well, Topo's not even paying attention, as usual. So, Evan Britton's with us. He's a former NFL uh, offensive lineman. He played six seasons in the NFL, played with the Jaguars and the Bears. Do you know, Frank, he was the 39th overall pick in 2009, which is very, very impressive. I actually know this, Evan. Welcome to the show. Well, we're not finished with the introduction, though, Frank. But he uh, he also co-founded uh, Be True Organics and is a founding member of Athletes for Care which is a, a, an organization that involves cannabis as well, and that's what we're here to talk to you about. Evan, that's welcome right. to the show. There we go. That a boy, Frank. Great. Thank you guys for having me. It's awesome. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Thanks for being here, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt. All right, NFL player. Six years. Before we get into like the, what what's that like, man? Yes, yeah, seriously. Is, Give what, us a good <laughs> see, juice. This, this is like... Uh, this is like, you know, we're, we're fanboys right now. Right. Before to, before to we turn on the camera. Yeah, granted, offensive lineman. Still. All right. Still, not skill position, but what's it like? Listen, before before we turn on the cameras and start recording. Did you, you, any, did, did you ever do any ever do any tight end work? Uh, I Jesus. did. In Chicago, I played tight end. See, uh, now all of a sudden, years. bring yeah. it up a little bit now. That was a lot of fun. Was it? Going out there and, and, and running around catching the ball? Yeah, it was It was awesome. I, I, I had to report every time I went in. Right, right. And uh, it's just so happened that first year in Chicago, we were having a lot of success with me in there as a blocking tight end. I ended up going out for a couple passes, didn't catch anything. Uh, but, uh, who was the quarterback at the time? That was Jay. Oh, Jay, Jay okay. Jay All right. Cutler, there yeah. we go. All yeah. right. Now. Jay's a man. You know, I I look back at my football career and I'm, you know, I'm, I have to remind myself, you know, how long I spent in that world, you know. With the with, best of the best. With the best of the best and and what it took to get there, you know, just just nonstop training uh and a and a unrelenting focus on the game. You know, I was eating, thinking, dreaming about playing football and, and playing in the NFL, and, you know, that's what it took. It was, you know, extra time in the weight room, extra training with yoga or whatever it might have been that my mom was driving, dragging me around to as a teenager, which was great. You know, it ended up, it really uh, fueled me and, and was a positive thing for me as an athlete. Um you know, and then getting to the NFL and seeing, you know, the difference between the guys that last 10 years and the guys that are there, you know, for one year. Um, you know, for me, I was very, I was lucky to get my six years in. Um, it was an incredible experience, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, a lot of really uh, crushing injuries from a dislocated shoulder to a back injury uh, with sciatica and, you know, numbness that I still battle today. Torn a spine muscles. surgeon right down here. I now, know. the shoulder, did you have to get it operated on? I did. 
So they had to be so you dislocated it, so they had to go in, they had to like reinforce everything. Was the labrum and the bone or was it just the labrum? It was the labrum and uh there might have been some chips out of yeah. the bone. Right, I had right. a slap repair. Right, 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 right. Eleven anchors thrown in there. That's a that's a lot of anchors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. See eleven? Eleven anchors. Yeah. Holy uh, I mean that, that I mean that's essentially a semicircle. The, the labrum is essentially this very, very shallow cartilaginous cup that the shoulder lives in. Right. And so... What's the most you can get, 12? <laughs> well, no. I, I, if you Theoretically, if you go all the way around mm. and everything was dislocated, maybe you get 20, 25. Mm. So you got half. Mm. Got, you, got, you got at least half. Wow. Yeah, it was a pretty... It was a, it was a bad tear. It, it had been lingering since my freshman year of high school. I remember it subluxated for the right. first time. Right. And that would happen... Every year, a couple times a year, and my shoulder was just something I battled with until my second year in the league. Um, it fully dislocated twice in, against Kansas City. And, same uh, game. Same game. I the first time it came out, I put it back in. We finished the drive. I got a shoulder sling put on it. <laughs> so you played through high school, played through college with it torn. Then it falls out during a game, puts it back in, and plays again. It's lethal weapon. It's Mel Gibson. That's yeah, amazing. Let me bang this thing back in. That's a man there, right there. <laughs> Worst day football game. How many milligrams or how how much how many opioids would you take on your worst situation? You got the back, you got the shoulder. You coming back? How many pills would you take before your game? Um, my worst day, I was taking. You know, I was probably I was doubling up on the anti-inflammatories, which would have been Indocin. Right. That became my, my go-to, really, with... And Indocin is Indomethacin. Yeah, well, that's is. an anti-inflammatory, so there's no opioid component like to Like Celebrex right. kind of a thing? Yeah, right, right. It's not steroidal. Exactly right. Um, and then, you know, uh, when I was at my worst, I was taking Vicodin before the game. I would pop in, uh, two Vicodin on top of that, and then, you know, I was getting a Toradol shot uh, when they were available. That Toradol, well as... for the people who don't know that, that's actually an injectable anti-inflammatory yeah. again no opioid in that it's just an injectable anti-inflammatory well okay well let me just cut you off there Evan. i wanted to ask why? you why he's our guest why would you do i that? didn't ask him to leave i want to read him a question that oh, I wrote. Okay, okay um you know I, I i did a lot of research for this obviously and and, and i did nothing Evan. <laughs> thanks zero thanks doc uh brett Favre. i read some stuff on brett Favre, and he got to the point where he was taking 15 vicodins a day yeah. and then we have jim mcmahon who's another cannabis advocate very outspoken cannabis advocate he once said that the league is conspiring with drug companies i think he was kidding but that's what he said he said regarding the marijuana ban roger goodell claimed that the players it's in the best interest not to use it is bullshit they want you taking pills. I think they're in cahoots with Big Pharma. My whole career, they were pushing pills on me. From whatever ailment I had, they had a pill for me. Well, Ron, this is also the same guy who says there's something going on under the Denver airport. So I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe. Well, I believe in that. <laughs> okay, so now, so now do you this, feel like- This like, is just going off the rails. Why don't you share with us? Like, Did, did you feel like what, what, what was opioid access very easy in, in the NFL? Um, they were, as far as my time in the NFL, they were they were becoming very wary of just being, you know, handing out pills. Right. There were more and more stories coming out. The Saints got in trouble while I was in the league for, you know, missing painkillers, and uh, teams were really starting to put a lockdown on that. You know, and this is 09 to 14. This is 09 to 14. Uh, even in that time period, they stopped giving. Uh, it's it stopped being a blanket. Uh, system of just giving Toradol shots. Uh, the, both the Jaguars and the Bears 
stopped giving the, the Toradol shot. Um, if you were bad in, you know, a bad enough state, badly enough injured, they might give you a Toradol pill, but they were very uh, much against Yeah, the they, were start, they were starting to become aware back then. Like like Mike Webster in the 70s, they were seeing the Steelers, they would they would have just bottles of Vicodin yeah, and just pass guys, them on. It was, it was like yeah. candy. Like they said, it was just very, very... Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm sure. not convinced it had anything to do with some conspiracy with the with the pharmaceutical companies. I think, well, yeah, I don't think so. I, I think, I think, I, I think it, well, I think at the end of the day, it's about listen. I've got this product, yeah. and I'm going to send this product out there, and I'm going to make sure this product works. And if I have to give him uh, something, whatever it is, whatever it is, I'm going to give my product something to use. Okay, so let's move on to to the topic at hand, which of course is cannabis. And now, how I, I I've heard constantly in the news that that cannabis is prevalent in the in the nfl what, what is your take on cannabis and how do you feel that ties in all this versus opioids or whatever uh i mean you know i feel like this is something that the nfl absolutely has to start looking at uh you know there was some i think we're look, we're seeing real progress now you know with the this news week th- this week uh, uh, in particular and i think that you know, it's it's been coming for a while. I think the New York Times article on CTE, the 110 out of 111 NFL brains testing positive for yep. CTE is, you know, bringing that really to the forefront in the mainstream audience. Um, so I think coupling that with, you know, everything else that's happened. And uh, I think the NFL is is really starting to see that this is this is a real problem. Um, you, yeah, I read somewhere that you played three or four games where you admitted to playing three or four games, having used cannabis before the game. Yeah. Helped your mental focus. Yeah. Okay. Um, how does, how do you do that and not worry about these draconian laws with regards to the drug testing and getting kicked out of the league for a year for using cannabis because well, it's going to help your brain and it's going to help you focus. I think, uh, you know, that, that brings up an interesting question uh, right away of the NFL's drug testing policy when it comes to marijuana. I mean, they're only testing for it annually. It's once a year. You have a general idea of when that's going to happen. It's going to be... I think that was the Josh, the Josh wow. Gordon... Wow! Okay. Is that the Josh Gordon we're, theme we're, music? We're back to New Orleans. We're back to the Saints. But I think Josh Gordon doesn't seem to know what date that happens, right? Is that what happens to yeah, these guys? Or he uh, just doesn't care. If you have a son, yeah, you know now, and you're probably going to have your genetics at some level. Uh, you know that there's a reasonable chance that this is going to be an athletic man who would probably excel in sports. And there are a lot of sports out there, and one of them happens to be football, which you excelled in. Do you encourage, discourage, just leave it up to them? And if you leave it up to them, how do you leave it up to them as a parent knowing that 99% of the people – Nine percent of these players wind up with head injuries. Well, if my wife were here, she might say that if we have a son, he's hmm. definitely not going to play football. My feeling on it is that he's definitely not allowed to play until at least high school. Uh, you know, I feel like in Pop Warner leagues, I, I hate to break it to you guys, but the kids' necks aren't strong enough. Their bones aren't developed enough. They don't. Please know don't what tell this to Topo. He was he's very Topo, upset right sorry, now. Man. Uh, but you know, kids should not be playing football until at least you know thirteen, fourteen years old. Um, that being said, you know, if I have a son, I would you know I would 
be very honest with him about the realities of the game and and what it means to play football and you know i would allow him to make his own decision from there but you know it's a tough one man i'm that's what i'm, I'm trying such a big I part mean, of your life. How yeah. do you deny there, there really, somebody? There really yeah. are no other sports. You know, I right. uh, we we just wait for football season. That's I all went, we do. I went back to my high school to coach, and uh, it was a little too early for me to do that. I hadn't, you know, given myself, I guess, enough of a breather from the game, you know, and I found myself, you know, beating was, up the fans. It no, was sorry. difficult. <laughs> well, wanting to beat up some refs for sure. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I found it tough to watch these kids, man, who were smashing each other as hard uh. as they fucking can. You know, watching the NFL guys, watching the guys and wanting to have that kill shot and, you know, get that in. And, you know, it was tough. It was tough watching the kids do that. I watched kids get hurt. And uh, I was like, fuck, man. You know, it's, it's unbelievable that, you know, I was able to do it for so long. You know, if we could get current players fired up enough about this, I think that they, we would see some serious movement. Do you think the NFL Players Association is going to stop them from doing that before you actually have this all worked out, though? <sighs> right? I mean, that's it, it, the listen, toughie, listen, they're going to try to use this at some level to to make sure that everybody's taken care of. Yeah. They're not going to give this up early. They're not going to just – because they don't have it yet. They, You know, I mean, look at Josh Norman. I mean, this guy's got all the talent in the world, can't – Josh Gordon, yeah. Gordon, Josh Gordon yeah. can't figure out when the tests are coming or whether he just doesn't care. You know, maybe maybe it's more important to him. You know, I've well, Ricky heard... Williams left the NFL saying it was yeah. more important for him to right. smoke weed than to play for the NFL. Right. That, that was his quote. Well, he he wasn't I mean, saying. Yeah. <laughs> Ish. Yeah. His health, I mean, his health was more important. His health was more important. But, he, was but more he said it that way. He said it that sure. way. <laughs> he did say it that way. And then, yeah. No, and you know, there are guys, uh, I've talked to guys who are very thoughtful about that, and they failed drug test after drug test because they refused to, you know, take the, the prescription pills. And, you know, I, I think that's in some ways a, a valiant effort. But at the same time, you're not gonna you're not gonna have a very long career. Can't in the you NFL. take those three weeks off? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see it. Now we're gonna do our, our next segment of the show, which is time to ask the doc. But Evan, you're so Let's knowledgeable on this. Would love to have you jump in. Ask as well. Evan. Okay. First question is, uh, they want to know what does neuroprotective mean? Neuroprotective. Well, who would ask that? Somebody. This is Joe from Cal he's he's in California. That's all. Joe, what do you think neuroprotective means? Neuroprotective means it has brain-protecting properties. Right. So if you sustain an injury to the nerve, it will bounce back faster from trauma than if you were not using a substance that is neuroprotective. So using it both before the activity, during, and after? Is that what you're... When, well, I think in an ideal world, it would be beforehand because the nerve has, you know, can, can remember, you know, that it's, that it's protected. You know, using it afterwards is not going to be bad, but it's not as good as using it. But typically, you guys in the NFL are using this as a recovery. Yeah, but I right? think that there's been, I you know, there is a lot of discussion that it, I think if guys could be taking some sort of cannabinoidal, you know, tincture, pill, you know, as soon as they get to the facility and taking it before practices and before workouts, I think that that would be the most beneficial way to do it. Yeah. On awesome. top and after. It's you know. it's uh, preventive medicine. Awesome. Right. Yeah. One more question is, um, are there physical health benefits to CBD or just mental brain neurology? So, I mean, obviously this is an easy one, but uh, 
please. Well, I mean, the, the, the endocannabinoid system, we have receptors throughout the body. We have CB1 receptors inside the brain, which is what the THC reaches because CBD doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier. But most of the peripherals receptors are, you know, they, they can react or can accept CBD. It affects everything. There's every cell in the body. When we first thought it was just a vasodilator decreased uh, blood pressure. We thought it was a bronchodilator to open up your lungs. We thought it was going to help with peripheral neuropathy because it works so well on the nerves. You know, they're doing studies right now where they're showing that every single cell in our body at the nucleus level wow. has CBD has uh, these CBD receptors. Oh, wow. So it affects every single cell in our body. Isn't that amazing? This it, one plant. It's amazing. one plant. This is like the new wonder drug, almost. To be honest, you know, like I think you the mentioned new. in one of your interviews. I always say on this show, you know, people think of weed as a teenager drug. It's for old people and athletes, right? For sure, no question. That's who it's for. Well, it's, I'm, it's I'm looking perfect, at that right now. It's the old people and athletes. <laughs> See, I'm old people and right athletes. Now. There we go. Yeah. Now, uh, two quick things here. Uh, Tope mentioned that he thought he could take you in wrestling, which I, I I don't believe, but maybe we'll try that after the show. Strip down, grease up. <laughs> Grease up. Uh, Evan, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Athletes for Care, which are, you've done with these other uh, professional athletes. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about yeah. that real quick. Uh, athletes for Care is basically, you know, we want it to be a health and wellness resource for athletes of all ages. Uh, and it's really stemmed out of, um, you know, cannabis advocacy. You know, a number of us from Nate Jackson and Jake Plummer, uh, Frank Shamrock and Boss Rutten from the MMA, uh, you know, the list goes on. Riley Cote from the NHL. And we have Turley. some Olympians. Turley as well. And Eugene. Um, you know, we're it's, it's begun as a place to come and get educated on alternative medicine. But, you know, really we want to be able to, you know, be a safe place for athletes to, to come and get support. You know, whatever that means. Um, from entrepreneurial programs uh, to uh, uh, actual support system where you can have a phone a phone number to call and talk to somebody so current retired whatever current anybody. retired anyone you know i because you know we didn't want to close it off to any any group of athletes you know i have guys buddies from high school that are reaching out to me now that i played football with who tell me they're you know they struggle with uh you know concussions and the concussions they suffered in high school are still you know battling with that so um you know this is something that all athletes can benefit from. Great. Now, now, I, I can see, I can definitely see the MMA guys. Oh, I mean, my you, God. I mean, you're getting punched in the head. <laughs> well, first, the first MMA event I went to, they had like seven. I went with you. I know. At it, the stadium. It, there's like seven <laughs> events on the undercard. Right. First event, this one guy <laughs> comes up and jumps up and kicks this other guy in the temple. This guy goes down and starts seizing. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, what are we doing? <laughs> what, I mean, what is that? Well, should we just do this? Send the lions out after yeah. the Christians. What am I watching here? It's insane. It it's really nuts. is. I don't get it. Okay, before, I know we only got five minutes left. Mayweather against uh, the McGregor guy. What are you thinking? I think it's just a, a gag. Oh, okay, it's a farce. All man. right, look. You got I, one I don't guy. Understand how you're gonna? Maybe maybe I'll just you know people will hate that I say this, but. We all know they're just doing it for the money. Clearly. It's they like, say it's it. not going to be a real fight. It, yeah. It's, you know, I'm like, man, who's tuning in to watch this? You got Well, definitely not, a lot not of people. Right, not not me. me. But my question is, no, so you I got Mayweather, Mayweather, who's a boxer? Is a boxer. All he uses is his hands. The other guy uses his head, the hands, the elbows, the knees, the feet. 
does all of those things. She's taking all of those things away from him so all he can do is use his hands. How is this... How is this? How is this anything? I don't know. We could talk to this, this guy for thing. six hours, but <laughs> yeah. why don't you tell us where people can find you so they know? Real quick. Uh, check me out. I have my own website, evanbritton.com. Also, go to uh, athletesforcare.org and check that out. Uh, also, my Instagram is edsbritton, uh, as well as Twitter and Facebook. I'm at Evan Britton. So, thank you guys so much for having no me. No problem. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Listen. I, I want to get back to one point, was, and this has been great that you played football professionally, the fact that you're doing all this stuff, but your grandmother was a Stell Parsons. That's right. All right. Yeah. Is there anybody else in this room whose grandmother has an Academy Award? Jarvis? <laughs> no. It's you. Just him. Does That's she let cool. you touch the Academy Award? I've touched it. Yeah. That's pretty boy. cool. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. Have you ever have you ever hid it? No, from her. No. no. Nice. God. What would she do if you tried to hide the Academy Award? Uh, I don't even know. That. <laughs> <laughs>